Hello, Parkview. Thanks. Thank you, both, both of you. Um, yeah, yeah. My name's Tim Sutherland. I'm one of the guys that speaks here from time to time. I'm really, really glad to be with you all this morning, and I hope by the time we're done, you'll be glad you were here as well. I want to start off today talking to you about a guy by the name of John Lynn. He's affectionately known as Britain's unluckiest man. When he was a boy, he fell off a horse and was immediately run over by a van. When he's a teenager, he fell out of a tree, broke his arm, went to the hospital, had it set on the way home, got in the car wreck, and broke the same arm again in a different place. Since then, he has almost drowned, been caught in a rock slide, fell down an open manhole, been hit in the mouth with a slingshot, and lost eight teeth, and been struck by lightning. Twice. Of, uh, of his life experiences. He had 16 major accidents in his life. He's 58 years old. 16 major accidents. And of his life, he says, it's just a coincidence. But I'm particularly careful where I go and what I do on Friday the 13th. Tough times. We all have them. We might not have had as many as Britain's unluckiest man, but... Uh, Tough times are going to come, tough economic times, tough financial times, tough job times, tough emotional times, tough physical times, tough relational times. Sometimes the toughest times in our lives isn't when something's happening to us. Sometimes the toughest times in our life is when something's happening to somebody we love. I heard somebody say one time, you should never become a parent because you want to be happy. Because from the moment you... (laughs) That wasn't the funny part. (laughs) Because uh, from the moment you become a parent, from that moment on for the rest of your life, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. It's true, isn't it? It's true. I want to talk to you today, though, not just about tough times, but about the tough times that get you so far down that not only are you feeling like just at the very bottom, but you're also beginning to get scared that it's always going to be this way. You know what I mean? Those times when you feel down, and you don't just feel down, but you're kind of freaking out because you're going, man, what if I feel this way forever? Kind of reminds me of that old commercial. Remember that old commercial, Life Alert? Who remembers Life Alert? (laughs) Yeah, they'd have some poor woman, hopefully an actress, laying on, laying on, laying on the ground, and she would, and she would say, help, I've, see, y'all watch way too much television, I remember that, I've fallen, I want to talk to you about the I've fallen and I can't get up times, and the last thing I want to do this morning, friends, is stand up here and throw spiritual cliches at you. That's not who we are as a church. That's not who God is a God. Look how straight up Jesus is. Jesus is not the Jesus of cliches and quick fixes. Look what Jesus says in John 16, 33. He says, in this world you will have trouble. 
He did not say, follow me and everything will be cool. Follow me and it'll just be cruising. You know, be really spiritual and everything will be great. He said this. He was speaking to his closest followers and he said, in this world, you will have trouble. Not you might, not you could, but you will. So today, I want to tell you the story, real story of a real person who had fallen and couldn't get up. <clears throat> Let's hear it for our actors. Thank you. That, that's the story from Scripture that you might be very familiar with, or you might not, but either way, that's okay. Let's give a little bit of backstory to the story. His name's Elijah, and he lived in Old Testament times. Elijah was a prophet, but to call him a prophet doesn't really do him justice. He was like the prophet. He was like the prophet's prophet. He was like the number one biggest time prophet of all time. He was like the LeBron James of prophets. I, I just threw up in my own mouth a little bit. Let me try that again. He was like the Derrick Rose of prophets. He was. And uh, in this particular chapter of his life, though, I love this story because, as you as all heard, he, he, he knew that being a prophet, being a man of God, was no walk in the park. I mean, it starts out great. It starts out great with this great victory over the prophets of Baal on uh, Mount Carmel. You know, God shows up with shock and awe and does these awesome things and defeats the prophets of Baal. And Elijah is like this. He is just like juiced. He's so happy. He is, so, he is on cloud nine. This is where Elijah starts. But big time man of God, it didn't stay that way for long. Queen Jezebel threatens him. And suddenly Elijah goes from this to this. He's like freaking. He is scared. Spitless. He goes from pumped to freaked out after, after just one threat from a wicked queen. Don't don't think that way, because to just call her a wicked queen doesn't do her justice. I mean, she was like Darth Vader in lipstick, man. She was she she puts a bounty on his head, and when she wanted you dead, you were going you were going to be dead. So tough times come. And Elijah is on the run. And at one time, the Bible says he's, he, he's, he's, he's on the run. And he, and he plunks down under a tree. But the Bible says that it was a broom tree. And we don't know. You know broom tree, what's that? A broom tree wasn't... Don't think like shade tree. And Elijah is like chilling in the shade. It's, it's a, it was a low-lying shrub. It's about this high. How do you get under a broom tree? you got to get down on the ground in the dirt. So... Elijah, I picture him laying there in the fetal position. And in that spot under that tree, he wishes he was dead. So he goes from this this 
he wishes he was dead. Now, at this point, you're going, man, in the same day, Elijah goes from this to this in the same day? I mean, what is he? Is he, is he bipolar or a big baby or what? I mean, he goes from this miraculous victory. Well, before we go diagnosing him or being too hard on the man, please keep in mind that our lowest times often come after some of our highest times. Remember when you were a kid, how the day after Christmas felt? I don't know for you, but that was like my least favorite day of the year. I hated the day after Christmas. Who else? Anybody else? I I was just so down. Anybody else? Or was that just me? Okay. Seven. But you know what I'm talking about. Talk to those seven people. And I was just so down. And I was saying, well, that's just because you don't have any more toys to open. But it wasn't just because I didn't have any more toys to open. Because, see, Christmas Day was my favorite day of the year. But Christmas Day after was the worst, was my, was my worst, worst favorite, worst favorite day of the year. And it wasn't just because there weren't any more toys to open. Psychologists and physiologists will tell you that, that good experiences, that positive experiences are, are, are stressful too. And they, and they have a way of depleting your emotional and physical and biochemical reserves. And they're draining. And so a big time high point can come Right before you feel like you've fallen and you can't get up. Low lows often follow high highs, but because we're in a, we're in a biologically weakened state. So for good old Elijah, just like Jesus said, troubles are going to come. And he hits his emotional bottom and he wishes he was dead. Very important thing to say to everybody at this point. When, you, when you've fallen and you feel like you can't get up, please, please don't be too hard on yourself. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're, you're flawed. It doesn't mean you're, you're not spiritual. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It does not mean that God's left you or God's not with you. I want to tell you what it means. Being really low means... You're really low. That's a heavy truth. You might want to write that down. Being really low means you're really low. We're in this series called Graceonomics, and it's about how God gives us second chances, and God gives us grace, and God gives us mercy, and and, and God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. And one thing we've got to get is sometimes the grace that we need, sometimes we need to give ourselves grace. Elijah was a true spiritual giant, and he wished he was dead. Both of those things are true. When, you're, when, you, when you've fallen and you can't get up, don't go getting all down on yourself. Don't go getting all judgmental on yourself. Please don't go getting all down on somebody else because they've fallen and can't get up. Please don't go getting all, all, all down on other folks who've fallen and they can't get up. So here's Elijah, man of God. He's fallen and he feels like he can't get up and God starts dealing with him. God starts helping him. God knows what he needs. So what we see in scripture is first thing God does is God has him go to sleep. And then God has him wake up and get something to eat. 
and then has him go to sleep again. How awesome is that? Don't you love that? Well, I went to sleep, then I woke up, got something to eat, went back to sleep. Oh man, that's a good day right there. I love it when that happens, and, and so does Elijah. And, and, and look, what it's, and his strength, his strength starts to return. So he goes from this. To this, he's back. He's feeling good again. Yeah, yeah, he's strengthened. He's pumped up again. And then God takes him on this very serious hike. God sends him off on a 40-mile hike. Just within a little bit of time, and when, when he wished he's dead, God's, God's got him basically walking a double marathon. What's up with that? Listen, God knows what he's doing. That's another heavy, deep truth you might want to write down. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing because th- this isn't just any old hike that Elijah is on. God is taking him on a on a hike to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, the same mountain where Charlton Heston, I mean Moses, <laughs> received the Ten Commandments. He's at the mountain of God. Now you'd think that because he's strengthened and now he's at the mountain of God, that it's, it's man, it is just smooth sailing from here, right? That's what we're thinking. Ooh, it's all good. God's fixed it. This is awesome. Now, look, look, look where the Bible says Moses, excuse me, Elijah went when he went when he got to that mountain. Bible says he went in a cave. Now, when I was a kid, I grew up in an area. I grew up in East Tennessee, and we had there was a lot of caves around there, and we loved exploring caves when we were boys. But I, something tells me that Elijah going into a cave, that, that this, this was not a recreational spelunking he was doing. In fact, we know it's not. He gets in the cave and look what he says. He's in the cave. And God says, what are you doing in this cave? And Elijah says, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. So even though he's at the mountain of God, he goes from this back to this. He's back here again. He's fallen and he can't get up. Elijah's in the cave. And my guess is that somebody in this house this morning knows what it's like to be in the cave. We're holed up in the cave of fear. We're holed up in the cave of pain. We're holed up in the cave of anxiety or depression. We're holed up in the cave of self-doubt. We're holed up in the cave of feeling like God has let us down. We're holed up in the cave of feeling like... Maybe God's left us, or maybe there's no God at all. I know I'm not just talking to Christ followers here this morning. My experience has been over the years that whether you're a Christian or an atheist or an agnostic or something else, when the hard times come, we get theological. God, what did I do 
to deserve this. God, why don't you help me? God, this isn't fair. God, it feels like you don't care. God, it feels like you're not even there. And remember, please remember, when you're in that spot, when you've fallen and you feel like you can't get up and you find yourself doubting if there even is a God, you are in good company. You're in great company. Elijah has been there. The great man of God felt that way. He was so fixated on his own personal problems and pain that they dominated his perspective. And I would say that even though he's talking to God, he couldn't find God. And I just love what God does. God says to Elijah, he says to Elijah, he says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. God says, I want you to find me, so I'm going to show up in your life. I haven't left you. I want you to find me. When I'm really down, man, I wish God would just tell me that. I wish God would show up and say to me, you know, get off the couch, Tim. Put away that third box of Twinkies you're about to polish off. Get off your rear end. Go out in the yard. I'm about to pass by. Wouldn't that be cool? And stuff starts happening. First, there's this powerful wind that hits the mountain. But when you, when you think wind, don't think like, not like wind like that. Think like tornado. Think like, you know, Wizard of Oz times 12. It's like, you know, just like tornado, twister. Rocks are flying everywhere. Trees, cattle, stuff are just kind of flying by the mountain. And then it says, but the Lord was not in the wind. Huh. Then comes an earthquake. Anybody ever been in a real, like, big earthquake? A big one? Okay, one. Okay. I don't, I don't want to know what that's like. <laughs> I do not envy you that, that experience. I understand that it's terrifying. So there's this earthquake, and I don't know where it was on the Richter scale, but it's just like... An entire mountain is shaking and quaking, and it's, man, it, 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 it's awesome and it's powerful, but... The Bible says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Hmm. Next comes a fire. And don't just think like campfire, kumbaya. Don't think like that. Think like wildfire. Think like a wall of fire as high as the ceiling of this room, sweeping across a mountain that... 40, 50, 60, 100 miles an hour, uh, a wildfire, a lot like folks have been experiencing out west. Man, incredible, powerful, impressive. But look what it says. But the Lord was not in the fire. Hmm. Please don't miss this part. All this impressive stuff is happening. Elijah needs to find God. All this impressive stuff is happening. But God wasn't in the impressive stuff. This is so important. We have this tendency. The farther down we get, the bigger we want God to show up. Isn't that the way that it works? I mean, we get down, man. We, we, we get real down. We're so down, we fall and we can't get up. And, and we want a sign. 
But we don't want just any sign. We want like a series of billboards on I-80. We get down and we want a miracle, but not just any old miracle. We want, you know, we want a biblical caliber miracle that just rocks our world and knocks our socks off. I mean, we get down and, you know, we want Jesus to show up on a tortilla. You ever seen those tortillas that's got the face of Jesus on them? Looks just like him. You know what? Truth is, sometimes God shows up big. But most times, most times, not so much. And this time, not for Elijah. God wasn't in the tornado. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the wildfire. But look what it says. And after the fire, after all that impressive stuff, there was just a gentle whisper. Just a whisper. Some Hebrew scholars say that that word whisper is better translated silence. And Elijah knew God was in that. And Elijah goes from this this Elijah's like oh (laughs) Elijah's God's got his attention now this is huge for us today if you've fallen and you and and you can't get up or or if like our worship leader said even if or if you're you're Smiling and riding high. When you're trying to find God, God is more likely to be found in the unimpressive than the impressive. God is as likely, He is more likely to be found in the little than the big. Albert Einstein said, God is subtle. Now, God isn't always subtle. I've read my Bible. God isn't always subtle. But by and large, he is. And I think especially we're in that, when we're in that cave, when we're in that cave and, we're, and we are down. I mean, we are down, 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 dooby-doo, down, down. We need, we need to look for God in the otherwise unimpressive things. When you've fallen, let me say to you, as I say to myself this morning, when you've fallen and you can't get up, find God. I know what you're thinking. How do I do that, preacher boy? Good question. Thanks for asking. One place to find God, one place to find God is in anything that's good. Look at this verse from James chapter 1, 17. The Bible says that anything that's truly good, and that word perfect there doesn't mean absolutely perfect. That, 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 that means whole and good and, and, and like God meant it to be. Anything that's good comes from God. God's in it. Um, I remember, you know, back when I was going through a divorce, 
Yes, the divorce story again. Yes, I have other stories. But this one fits right here, right now, and I have the microphone, so deal with it, okay? Uh, it was 1997, and uh, lowest point of my life, easy. And I'm wanting God to show me, I'm like, God, come on, come in here and save his marriage, you rock the world, do stuff, you know, God, I promise I'll give you all the praise, this is going to be a miracle, and do this, and turn this around, and there's going to be all of this, and all of that, and just boom, come on, Lord, show up big, show up big, show up big, God didn't show up big, and I started to wonder if he's going to show up at all, but then... My six-year-old, he's 21 now, but my six-year-old Andrew would come up to me and he'd say, Dad, you want to play Donkey Kong? And he would say, do you want to play Donkey Kong? Like he was offering me the best opportunity in the entire world. And in his little face, and in his voice, I could hear the Lord telling me, I'm with you. I'm right here. I will never leave you. I'll get you through this. And I'd get down, and I'd be so down, I couldn't get up. And my three-year-old, Clayton, would crawl up in my lap. And he'd wrap his little arms around my neck. And just love on me. And in the embrace of a little three-year-old boy, my son, I would hear the Lord say, I'm right here with you. You're my son. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to get you through this. It wasn't in the impressive. It was in the unimpressive. We've got to get this, folks. Good things are not just good. Every good thing is from God. And in every good... If you're falling, if you've fallen and you can't get up right now, in every and any good thing that comes your way in your life, just listen for the still, small voice of God saying, it's going to be okay somehow. I'm with you. I haven't left you. I would never leave you. Maybe you need to take a piece of paper in the beginning of the day and write James 1.17 at the top of it. Then every day, then the rest of the day, just write down stuff that was good. Not to be like positive or look on the bright side, but to say, everywhere there is good, there is God. Everywhere there is good, there is God. Say it with me. One, two, three. Everywhere there is good, there is Everywhere there is, there is, okay. And it's not always impressive. That's one way to find God. But there's another way to find God that's straight out of this story. And another way to find God is to find your place in God's mission for this world. That's what happened for Elijah. 
Elijah realized that God was in that whisper and he comes out of his cave. And the first thing God does when he brings Elijah out of his cave, look what God says. God says, and I quote, go back the way you came, Elijah, and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazael, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel. See, prophets in those days, one of the things prophets did, it was just their job, was, was to, to set kings up and take them out. Prophet could make you king. Prophet could unmake you king. Just what prophets did in those days. See, when we're really down, we've got to understand that God tries to bring us up by giving us meaningful things to do with our life. He takes us at our most self-focused, self-absorbed, self-pitying, self-deprecating, self-conscious moments. And he gives us a mission to lift us up. Happened to me just last week. True story. Some stuff's been going on in my life. I was pretty down. And I know what you've been thinking. This guy always comes here and talks about how down he is. What is his deal? I'm complex, okay? I'm not screwed up. I'm complex. That's what my mom says, anyhow. But seriously, I, I, last week I was in a pretty bad funk. And... Uh, but then Monday, I, but Monday I had scheduled a, a dinner meeting. My wife and I had scheduled a dinner meeting with Sean Mixon, y'all's uh, missions pastor, and his wife. How many of y'all know Sean? Guys, I love Sean. And uh, we were meeting because uh, we wanted to see how we could help. How many of you know that your church is part of your initiative over the next few years is, is, is going to be taking the lead in starting a safe house for underage prostitutes in the city of Chicago? How many, how, how many know that? Yeah. Yeah, so me and my wife and son, his wife, we got together to talk about this. And as we're talking about this, and you know, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. That's, that's, that's my background. My, my wife has got her MSW, you know, and, 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 and so we're sitting there talking about this stuff and seeing how we can evolve and see how we can help. And as we're certain, as I'm seeing how, I, how, how, how some of my, my, the stuff in my past, my, my background and my training and stuff can, can be involved in, 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 this, in this safe house, it, it, it started lifting me up out of that funk. Because I'd found that place, I'm trying to find that place, or being reminded that, that God has a purpose for my life. If you've fallen and you can't get up, are, are you looking for your place? God's got a mission for your life. God's got a purpose for your life. There is something specific. There are specific things that God wants you to do in your life. Don't look for the impressive things. Look for the things that just fit when you're, when you're so down and you've fallen and you can't get up. Just look for that place where, 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 where God goes, ooh, I got a mission for you. I got a mission for you. I got a mission for you. Man, on Monday night I needed that. And maybe you do too. One other way to find God for good old Elijah. Look at the last thing God says to Elijah. God says, I reserve 7,000 in Israel. All whose knees have not bowed down to Baal and whose mouths have not kissed him. See, see, Mo, see, Elijah is going, man, I'm alone. I'm the only one. They're trying to kill me too. And God, you know, okay, you're there, but, but, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm alone. And, and God says, no, you're not. God says, I got people for you. And this is so awesome because even though... Elijah is speaking to God in a face-to-face sort of way. Even though God knows he's not alone spiritually, he needs to know that he's not alone humanly. 
There is, it is true that there is a God-shaped void. It is also true that there is a human-shaped void. God has put it there. You were, you were born for community. You were made for relationship. And you, you, you need folks. Maybe you've heard this old story. It's like the oldest preacher story in the world. But I'm going to tell it anyways because it fits right here too. There was this little boy and he was really scared of thunderstorms and his mom sent him up to bed one night in, in the middle of a thunderstorm and he goes, I don't want to go to bed, mom, thunderstorms, thunderstorms scare me. And she goes, go to bed, it'll be okay, God loves you. So he goes up to bed and he's up there for a few minutes and then there's a big thunder burst, clap, you know, and, 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 and he, comes, he comes running down and she goes, go to bed. I know you're scared of thunder, but go, but, but, but go to bed, God loves you. And he goes, okay, and he goes back upstairs. Then there's an even big thunderclap, and he comes running back downstairs, and he wraps his arm around his mom, and she goes, quit coming down here. I told you, it's going to be okay. God loves you. And little boy, you probably heard this word, little boy says, well, I, I know God loves me, but right now I just need somebody with skin on him. <laughs> I like that story, too, so much. God does not expect you. God does not say to you that finding him individually in prayer is all that you need. He doesn't say, God doesn't say to you that in this life, just knowing him personally is all that you need. There is a God-shaped void, but there is also a human-shaped void. He put it there, and he meant to give you brothers and sisters who can, who can lift you up. My son's in college out in California. He's 21. He's going to be a senior. He's, man, he's a great kid. I'm so proud of him. He goes to, he goes to a Christian school, and he's, he lives in Santa Barbara, one of the most beautiful places in the country. I mean, his school is like three miles from the ocean. They literally have phys ed classes at the beach. You know, you'd think, man, you're going to be, you're, you're, you're going to be just like up for the rest of, for at least four years while you're there. But he struggles. He's like a lot of us. He struggles, especially at this stage of his life. And he's going, man, you know, I, I know I believe this stuff, but I just, I just can't feel it. And dad, I just can't feel the way I want to feel toward God is, 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 is dad, I, I, is, is God really real? Is, is, is God even there? And, and, and I, I always tell him, I said, I, I don't know if this will help right now, but I see him in you, son. I see him in you. I see Christ in you, son. I see Christ in the way that you care about people, in, in, in the way that you live your life, boy, in the way that, in the way that you use your money, in, 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 in what you said your life is about. You're not perfect, but I see Christ in you, so he's there in you. And my son will always say, really? And I'll say, yeah, really. Look at this verse from Hebrews. Encourage one another daily as long as it's called today. Is today today? Who are you going to encourage today? Do not let the sun go down today without calling somebody who is your brother or your sister in Christ. Or emailing somebody who is your brother or sister in Christ. Or texting somebody or Facebooking somebody who is your brother or sister in Christ. And, and, and saying, hey, just want you to know I see Christ in you. I see Christ in you. Jesus said it, in this world, we have so many troubles. Tough times are going to come. Jesus never said that if you'll just follow him. Jesus never, ever, ever said that if you'll just follow him, you'll always be wearing this shirt. 
He never said it. Don't put that pressure on yourself. Don't put that pressure on, on each other. But, 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 when, but when this is not, the, when you are wearing this shirt, that's fine. Don't be ashamed of that either. But, but when this is not the shirt that you're wearing, remembering what you've got to have is you've got to find God. You've got to find the God who made you. You've got to find the God who loves you. You've got to find the God who will never leave you. You've got to find the God who has a plan for you. You've got to find the God who is bigger than all your pain. You've got to find the God who can help you say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You got to find the God who will help you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know if anybody's listened to me in this house, but I know when I'm down, what I got to do is I got to find me some God. I got to find me some God. And if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, Please know, it's not fundamentally about you finding him. He's come looking for you. And my hope and my prayer is that you will find the one who has found you in Jesus. Find the God who has found you. Let's pray. God help us. I pray for that person who feels like they have fallen and they cannot get up. Bless them. Touch them. Help them to find you. If you want to do that in impressive ways, Lord, fine. But help us to understand your ways. We need you. We need you more than we could ever say. Help us to find you. And in his name, everybody said...